Did you polish off that entire cheese puff bag, by the way? I did. They are not filling at all. No, it's I, just it's air. It, it really is air. And then with you, cheese dust over on top of it. <laughs> you, they should really just make like an inhaler with cheese dust. Right. That way we don't have to actually go through the energy of chewing. Yeah. You could just eat. I just, mean, just chewing breathe. is the most exercise that I get during the day. So yeah, you could just just bre- if I get if I get get that taken out, just exercise free. Living the life that I want to live. We need a Cheetos inhaler. That way you can just breathe it in and not have to expend that energy. Yeah, that would be great with my uh, regular asthma inhaler. A cheese-flavored one? Yeah. There's worse ideas. Not that I use an asthma inhaler anymore. I used to. That was fun. Uh, So we've talked about this before. Mm -hmm. You need to get yourself like a, a CPAP machine. Like we haven't, I've not heard you sleep. But I've heard you watch movies. I have a cold right now, and but I I am very much breathing <laughs> through my mouth. Even even on other That's, days today, I I think that uh, that you need you you need to do this for yourself, sir. I I have a cold. You told me that you sit up to sleep the majority of the time. Sometimes. I mean, that's because I sleep like an asshole and it kind of hurts my back sometimes. I read, I heard like an interview Uh and they were talking about Yokozuna. Yes. And they were talking about- Are you comparing me to a 600 pound Hawaiian man (laughs) right now? I'm saying that it came to mind because they talked about how when he would sleep, he would sit upright in a couch- and it made me think of you saying that you sat upright, and that's not a good thing. I mean, I am wearing a diaper right now. So <laughs> that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but right now, I've got a I've got a cold. That's why I have my my sexy radio voice. <laughs> I don't care, ladies. I'm telling you, as someone that has a CPAP machine myself for fat neck syndrome, as I like to call it. I think you could benefit from it. I just I don't sleep on my back because I know that I will die if I do that. I that's still I don't <laughs> think is medically approved. That I, that's the way that you deal with I that problem. <laughs> I don't think that's recommended. It's like every time I think that I might have diabetes, I'm just like, you know what? I'll just I'll just lose weight and then it'll go away, and then I just eat more Taco Bell. <laughs> I can tell since I sleep with the CPAP machine now. Like, if I doze off another time, Mm -hmm. like, I have those panic-stricken moments where I wake up and I'm like, oh, my God, I thought that I was dying because I know that I couldn't breathe. Like, I'll have a dream, which probably only lasted a few seconds, Mm -hmm. but in the dream for seemingly minutes, like, someone is choking me or something and I can't breathe. See, I don't don't have that. I didn't have that, though, until I started doing the CPAP machine, which I... Which, because like my body was used to it, like yeah. gasping and struggling for air, <laughs> and then it realized, like, wait a minute, you can breathe when you're sleeping too. <laughs> <laughs> and from then forward is when I have had such problems sleeping without it. Welcome to Two Fat Guys Talk About Sleep Apnea. <laughs> <laughs> this is our premiere episode. Well, I think it's going quite well. <laughs> I think so, too. This is really... I think there's a bigger market, though, actually, for that, because I think... Was that a fat joke? No. <laughs> I'm saying that I think that since the country is so fat, that, like, that uh, like really, is the medium anymore the really the medium size? Is that the median <laughs> size? Medium? 
No. No. Somebody that wears mediums pretty small relative to yeah. the rest. Like, what is the actual medium? My med- friend wears a medium. He's like five foot nothing. And like, yeah. So what is the actual median size? I would argue like extra large is median. I, I would probably say large or extra large, yeah. Yeah. That's that's odd to me. Yeah. Uh, so it's fun that we can talk about fat and fat people. But uh, I was reminded last night that you can't use the N word. <laughs> you keep doing that. Yeah, Do I just keep doing that, and I keep forgetting. Do you have any time? Any idea how much effort it takes to edit this out of that <laughs> every time you're using that word? I mean, you know, it's when you grow up in the hood of Grable, Indiana. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, with the Amish rolling around. <laughs> playing rap music <laughs> all the time. A, that's a real thing, actually. Yeah, right in here. the Dairy Sweet drive-through with with their undercarriage lights. I have a a. a uh, so you were going to go somewhere with this. I'm going to give you one quiz. I was we'll I was going to tell one I story know. about let my me, life. I never tell you. stories about my life on this podcast. We will podcast. come back. We will come back. I promise. I'm sorry. Okay. There was so for a little while it was bothering me. I was trying to figure out like when. The white trash adopted rap music. Okay. okay. Like, because that's definitely a thing now, right? Uh-huh. Like, they've adopted that. And I couldn't figure it out for the longest time. And there is an answer to this. I figure this out. Do you know what the answer is? I think the answer is Eminem. Nope. Nope. Oh. Okay. All right. You want to think about it again? You're close. What What is the perfect mix of white trash and, like, the hip-hop culture? Uh, a, a lot of kids. Close. Kid Rock is the answer to this question. I'm being serious. Like, I think he's the one that merged those two worlds. Like, he's a cowboy. He's like a. He wants to be. He's a cowboy from Detroit. That's that's what I'm saying. That's that's <laughs> white trash. Okay. Yeah. I with, okay. So anyway, that's the answer to that. I mean, I think thing. the answer could also be Fred Durst. Isn't he from like where we live? He's from Jacksonville. Doesn't his mom live where we live? I have no idea. I, I don't keep up on my Fred Durst. <laughs> Let alone his family. <laughs> yeah. His family whereabouts. I think that's a thing. Okay, go ahead. So f- story about your family. <laughs> so uh, a friend of mine uh, was having a show at a bar last night. And I a went to- A musical show? A musical show. Okay. He is the lead singer Not of a band. Not Tom. Not Tom Krozik. Okay. Leader of Cohen over Cohen. Uh, his band's name is Taste Like Pennies. Okay. Uh, he said a lot. So I he was standing at the bar, and a woman was talking to him. He is also a big fat gentleman. Do like I know me. this guy? No. Okay. Uh. So he. He was talking to this woman. He walked away. She did not notice that he walked away. And she continued to talk to me. But, like, she wasn't facing me. But she continued to talk to me as if I were... Just based off of your gravitational pull. I, I guess. And then she turns and she goes, oh, I'm sorry. And I was like, no, I'm sorry. I'm not him. I'm, I'm the other fat guy. And she got so fucking offended that I called myself fat. Is offended the right word? She she was like, 
oh no i no you're not um is that the yeah. worst thing when people try to tell you you're not fat yeah it's like the worst like <laughs> it's like the sky isn't blue trust me it's not it's I, really really not i know i'm fat i ate all that taco bell and cheetos puffs to get me here <laughs> i have earned this i've earned the right to call myself fat you arguably talk about Taco Bell more as much as you do musicals and other feminine television programming on the show. But as much as you talk about penises on this podcast? <laughs> I no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're not putting that on me right now. <laughs> I think there is an equal degree of penis talk. I just join in. <laughs> anyway. Uh, anyway, later she was talking to the friend and she said that I said that she 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 said that I said that I that she called me fat. Just not at all. She told your friend that she called you fat? Yes. That I was accusing her of that. All I did was make one fucking joke at my own expense. Mm-hmm. And she got offended and started telling everyone that, you that I have been accusing her of. Yeah, it's, it was fun. So I assume this didn't. This story didn't end with you going home with her? No. no. She uh, was the wife of... One of the guitar players in the band, and uh, I guess she has a back injury and was kind of hopped up on painkillers. So, <laughs> okay, I don't think that explains it. But yeah, so tastes like pennies. Yes, is that referencing a butthole? No. Are you sure? Yes. Because I think this was a uh, who's the uh, famous female insult comic, Lisa Lampanelli. Lisa Lampanelli. Yeah. So she has a thing where she was saying that she was talking to some gay dudes and they were saying that buttholes taste like pennies. Taste like pennies is actually a reference to you going down on a female during a certain time of the month. Okay. So it's to say ballpark. Yeah. I don't know which is worse. Like. It, w- it was the only name the band could agree on. They had several other no, names. No, no, no. I don't mean that. I'm saying I don't know which would be worse. No, I get Stick it. my tongue in a man's butthole. Or the other thing. Well, maybe make sure we mark this as explicit because <laughs> it's not good. Can we, I t- mark, we mark them all as explicit. Can I tell you two local band things? Sure. One is a local band. I don't even know if they're together because, like, my local band scene thing, other than Tom, mm-hmm. died a decade or more ago. Yeah. But one of the best band names I've heard of uh, was a local band, and their band name was definitely Gary. And I thought that's a great band name. Like, I really don't even know if I ever heard their music, but I always thought definitely Gary was a fantastic band name. I loved it. That's great. Um, Two. So years ago at this point, I was I was working. Coworker had a CD laying out that was a local band that Mm -hmm. that I I wouldn't listen to, but they were were okay. That's fine. So I don't even remember the band's name. Let's for the sake of argument, let's just say it's definitely Gary. Okay. okay, so the definitely Gary CD's laying there, and I'm like, "Oh, you got a definitely Gary CD there, huh?" He's like, "Yeah, you probably don't even know who they are." I said, "Yeah, they do. That they're the worst band in Fort Wayne. They're not." I was giving my coworker shit, just yeah. giving him shit, right? Um, so there was somebody else standing there. That turns out it was the FedEx guy. Okay, so the FedEx guy's there. Mm-hmm. In his FedEx business. Half hour, 45 minutes later, whatever, I see the coworker again that I was busting his balls. He was like, hey, just so you know, the reason that CD was laying there is because the FedEx guy is indefinitely Gary. 
So then from that moment forward, every time I saw said FedEx guy, there was just a degree of like me knowing that he hates me completely. But I couldn't go back and really explain to this guy like, no. look, I really don't have an issue with your band. I was trying to bust my friend, my coworkers balls just on having bad taste. And you happen to be the one that I used to do that because I've it's, never even listened to the CD. It's going to sound. I mean, so I would listen to the CD. Exactly. I mean, I mean. <laughs> I'm not saying I wouldn't. I just, I just oh, haven't. God. So I, there's no way to ever go back from that. So it's yeah. just like in that moment that I really have nothing against the guy. I definitely I don't have anything against the guy. I don't have anything against the band. I made a mortal enemy at that moment mm-hmm. just by putting my foot in my mouth. Yeah, that that is how arch villains are made. That, it really is. Like that's how I ended up on that guy's hit list. Mm-hmm. And I really don't have any <laughs> mean anything negative by it in the slightest. It was really just a ball busting thing between people at work and uh you have a tremendous ability to put your foot right into your mouth that's usually as just like an, an offshoot thing of you trying to give someone shit like there it's instant bystanders just civilian <laughs> casualties left and right uh, i i have a distinct memory also at one point uh, a mutual friend that we had him and I were leaving Borders, so that dates it in some way, right? Yeah, went back when Borders was a thing. So we're walking out of Borders, and there's like this church group, and they're selling like these like uh, uh, lenticular pictures of Jesus and <laughs> angels and things like that for yeah. like twenty bucks or something, right? So things that neither one of us would ever be interested in. And they're overpriced, even if we were going to. Right. We would turn around and find them, find some two dollar ones right yeah so somehow they zoned in on my friend when we were walking out and asking him if he wanted to purchase them so not being able to miss the opportunity i decided that i was going to join in with them and trying to get my friend to buy at least one of these twenty dollar lenticulars of angels and jesus so great souvenir so he he made uh you know he he had a an objection or two, or whatever. He said he didn't have any money, to which I said, I, no, that's not true. I just saw you buy that book in there at Borders, <laughs> and you had plenty of, plenty of cash. I don't know what you're... And he said, well, yeah, but I've only got like a 50. Well, that's fine. I'm sure that they have change. You guys have change, right? For him, to, Yeah, we've got change. No problem. So he just ended up giving up and just turning around and walking away from us, and I had... <laughs> I had to apologize to these like 13 year old girls or whomever they were trying to sell these lenticular pictures of, of <laughs> religious things wait, for my friend's behavior. Wait, so <laughs> it wasn't like adults who you probably wouldn't care. So they're basically selling the, the equivalent of Girl Scout cookies. Yes, they were selling Girl Scout cookie. <laughs> and you just totally ruined, like you got their hopes up. Oh, yeah. And then you just Absolutely. crushed them yeah. hard. So th- they were just kind of, they were, they were, uh, you know, uh, casualties of war against my friend. Like right. I was really going after him. Yeah. Unfortunately, they got caught in the crossfire and were let Innocent down. Innocent bystanders, by, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's why that brought that. Uh, the first time I was ever accosted by a homeless man and scared for my life was in a Borders parking lot accosted or just uh, he came out of the shadows very quickly <laughs> and made a beeline for us I in know a way the borders that, was, that you're talking about where are there shadows from there it's it not was, like there's alleyways that they're popping out it of. was like closing time <laughs> and he, 
he just like it, we weren't paying attention and then all of a sudden he was very much coming for us <laughs> and it was like something's about to happen and i'm scared it's not going to be all right uh but it turns out he just was really anxious to see people cuz it was the borders and no one else was there he just picked a bad spot <laughs> So Saw 3. Yeah, that's a movie. Speaking of segues. 37 <laughs> minutes into this podcast. <laughs> we watched Saw 3. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like I got a ton to say about it. Uh, it wasn't good. Uh, okay. It, it it wasn't bad. It it just existed. It, that's why I don't feel like I don't have that much yeah. that I can give it. Like, so it was. I th- I think it's coherent. It's so far. It's still mm-hmm. tracking. Like that's my big yeah. thing that I said that I wanted to try to follow through was see if it actually made any sense. Um, I felt like maybe because there was I don't know, maybe more. Eh, there probably was. I don't know. I feel like the dialogue lacked. The dialogue felt like bad writing. The plot still felt all right, mm-hmm. but the dialogue felt really weak. So this is the same writer. So the first three are Lee Wan L, who was Adam. Mm-hmm. This is, I think, the last one that he wrote. Yeah. So two and three, um, directed by the same guy. Yeah. First three written by Lee Wan L. Mm-hmm. You said yay, but yeah, it was you... sarcastic. Okay. Okay. Because I, I still think you know. One is really good. Two is better than I thought. And this one, while coherent, wasn't anything special. Yeah, I agree. Like, I feel like the, uh, you know, for something like the traps are supposed to be the sexy part. Right. Even those, I don't feel like were particularly memorable during it. Right. Um, Yeah. I guess, you know, the first two didn't seem all that great. The, uh, The guy chained to the floor with the bomb and then killing off the carry character but then you realize oh those are those are amanda she's she's rigged the game she's not following the rules which was good because i'd seen these years ago right but and you'd never seen it were you picking up on the fact that these these rules weren't applying and something had to have been up i mean they they come in the the door uh in the first one they uh they burn through the door because it was welded shut, and then, then they lay out the, the plot of the, of the kill, and then Carrie is the one that puts it together. And then I was like, oh, okay, so that's the thing. It's it's not Jigsaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, and then the second one, obviously, the she puts her hand through the acid to get the key and. But there's no lock. There's nothing. She couldn't get herself out of it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I I don't think I put those together really early. Uh, I did put together the fact that uh, the the ending that uh, the they were married, mm-hmm. um, probably halfway, two thirds of the way through that. Um, yeah, I will say. I, I haven't, even though we've watched really some bad things on this podcast. Sorry, my voice cracked. Again, cold. Uh, we have watched some kind of bad things on this podcast. I think the worst thing I've seen so far is 
his jigsaw getting his skull uh, ripped open. Oh, okay. Uh, the, was... the medical gore. Okay. The medical gore, I, I think, is far worse. Than... I thought you were going to say Frogtown. Like, is where, <laughs> like, is where my mind was going. Like, I didn't know what you meant by worst or whatever. Right. Uh, so you're referencing with your... Like, Cannibal Holocaust yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and things like that. Um, the medical gore kind of... I was cringing really hard because, you know, it was the camera just on it mm-hmm. the whole time. Uh, it's like I've seen... Uh, I saw Human Centipede because my cousin wanted to see it, and I wanted to be like cool older cousin, uh, and let him watch it. And hold on, I don't know your cousin, but he's in his twenties, right? Like he was like fourteen. Oh, okay. So that's still okay. So yeah. I guess that's if, you're if still I trying had to be if I had or... known that the movie was just an hour and a half of boobs, probably not gonna gonna let him watch that. What? He's 14. What? Yeah, but it's still at that point. I'm surprised he wasn't looking at boobs on his phone and was able to if stop If he's it. doing it by himself, that is fine. I'm not going to be the one responsible for showing him boobs at 14. I don't think his mother would have appreciated that. Anyway, my point of the story is that I didn't find anything in that particularly bad, except I did cover my eyes during the whole surgery part. Because it's, I don't know, it's the medical stuff. Is your foot wrapped in gauze? Did you break your ankle? No. Okay. (laughs) No, I (laughs) wear medical stockings. Thanks for bringing that up on the podcast. Sorry, I didn't know. I was just got weird. (laughs) I'm sorry. I just didn't know what was happening there. Um, I feel like I've worn these here before. I don't think I pay that close of attention to your... When legs now you have because I'm talking and you're bored. <laughs> That's not actually how that was going. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> sorry. So saw three. <laughs> um. So how many contingency plans does Jigsaw have to have for these? Like like infinite. What would happen if Amanda had shot the woman in the head? Right. Like, what if Jack had shot Amanda in the head? What if she had shot Lynn way before, like in the second test? Second or third test? Yeah. What if, I don't know, like what what if Jack would have gotten shot by the contraption that he built to shoot Jack? Right. It's... Like there's a whole bunch of contingencies that I don't... That I can't imagine. It's yeah, it's the loose ends of the movie, and it's that's what you need to suspend your disbelief for, I guess, with these yeah. movies, is that everything pl- plays out exactly as he planned, mm-hmm. even when there are so many variables that can go wrong. Yeah, and I and I agree. That's exactly the uh, you know Superman can fly and Jigsaw's plans work. Right. That's he the, thinks he thinks of everything. Um. The uh, tell me if you think this. I think this is a dad thing that I notice. Okay. Every movie, and I understand it, uh, completely why it happens, but the like kids' rooms. I've never, I hardly ever see any kids' room in a TV show or a movie that yeah. looks like a kids' room. Both because they're all too clean. Both with the cleanliness factor and like just filled with like generic toys. Like, this kid's like, I would love wooden blocks yeah. and a sock puppet monkey. Mm-hmm. Like, that's my thing. 
Yeah, and I that understand. Kid, that kid was like eight. I don't think his favorite thing would still be like a stuffed pig. Mm. That was from when he was like three or four. It had like yeah, but but then they show pictures of him unwrapping it at Christmas, and he is very much excited about that stuffed pig. Probably in when older when he than he should be. Yeah. That being said, my kid is seven, and he got money for it recently, and mm-hmm. he used it and picked out a stuffed animal like it's gotten to the point where like i won't let him spend his money on stuffed animals and stuff because that's what he's wanting and it's just ends up like going into a corner but he's still excited about the stupid ass stuffed animal your your kid's a, a unique being definitely yeah <laughs> i <laughs> It's let me just say it's not to me it's not believable that generic eight year old is very excited about stuff big. I, I'm not disagreeing with that. <laughs> I'm not dis, I'm not disagreeing with that. That's why I'm weirded out by him. Like when that's what he's excited about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He spent the afternoon today sewing. <laughs> like, like like he's very into like arts and crafts and things like that. So he has like a a sewing kit thing that like comes with pre-punched holes and things like that but that's like is it is it at least leather no absolutely not it's it's just soft felt (laughs) so i uh i was raised by women um i am as effeminate as a straight cis male gets and like my mom i was raised by a single mother she was very much don't buy my kid guns, things like that. So I got action figures and all this, but then she was like, well, gender bullshit, all this gender identity, not gender identity, that wasn't a thing then, uh, at least not publicly, gender, you know, the whole pink toys Mm -hmm. thing. So she bought me Barbies, Mm -hmm. and I pretty much just stripped them naked and like banged them together. That would that was <laughs> that was the extent that I played with Barbies, and then just like made them the victims to my GI Joe wars and things like that. We've thought that my son might be really really femme mm-hmm. for a little bit. I don't think he is, but there was a while where like all he wanted was like monster high dolls and Barbies and things like that, and we bought them all for him. Like if that's what he's into, yeah, we're good with that. That's good. Um. Yeah, I don't think that's really the case. Um, but if it is, you support them, and that's great. Yeah. Like, even just like last night, like almost, not that specifically, mm-hmm. but I think that's just kind of like our generation of parenting. Like, probably solid every other month. Like, I have this big, deep conversation, and I did the same thing with my three-year-old, and he was just like, shut up and let me play with my batman toys but i like have these deep conversations like you know daddy you know you can tell daddy anything right anything you want to tell me forever are you, are you this is i'm tell, i want you're expecting like, a seven-year-old to know everything about himself already no 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 no. and by the way remember i'm telling the three-year-old this exact same thing okay i'm telling the three-year-old and the seven-year-old that they can tell me anything um and that I'm always going to love them no matter what because I want that to be ingrained from the very beginning. Like, I don't think that they have anything, but like my seven-year-old was like, "Why? I know you already told me. Why are you telling me this? <laughs> <laughs> like, this was literally before bed. And I was like, 
And I just told him the truth, which is I said, I said, I know you know that now and I know you don't have anything, but there might become a time when you don't feel like you can tell me. And I want you to know, I'm going to keep telling you this, that you can talk to me about whatever you want. See, the if you go too far one way, like if you go too far the other way, obviously you're going to screw up your kids. But if you go too far the other way, it's going to have it's a, it's a circle. No, no matter what you do, I'm going to screw them up. But yeah, but the, but the goal of raising kids is try to, you know, they live to 18 without too many scars, whether physical or emotional. And you knock them out the door, but no one, no, nobody is a perfect parent. I get that. So, yeah. So that reminds me, I need to take a break and go tell my kids they can tell me anything. <laughs> I'm going to go wake them up right now real quick to All make right. sure that they know. Um, the... Uh, Yeah, dead air. Dead air. Um, uh, go for it. Jigsaw. Jigsaw. You pointed out he's a really good artist, like when he was painting Billy's face. Mm-hmm. I love... That puppet has a name? Yeah. Okay. We talked about this last time. See, this is this is why we can't smash them together, because <laughs> they won't believe. <laughs> that you didn't, they didn't remember that? I think they would. You didn't <laughs> know Chris Hardwick. You'd looked at him the whole time. The, I'm bad you, with faces. You, I... Every you, single time I, I had to be like, is that a character we should know? Is that a character we should know? Is that a character Almost we should everyone, know? Everyone, yeah. I'm terrible. I'm face blind. Yeah, you asked me about that, and it was the puppet. I'm like, that's Billy the Puppet, Justin. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you, Those rosy cheeks. You did ask me about Amanda at the beginning, and then we, you asked me about uh, 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 Wahlberg. Wahlberg, Wahlberg at the beginning, right? And for a second, I was thinking it was Adam. Lee mm-hmm. Nell from the first film, who has appeared in all three at this point, but um, there was a moment where I was confused too. And like, I think that's part of the problem. Like I said, that I was chronic, I was confused about how this franchise worked. Mm-hmm. And when we had really just watched these first two, it still took me a little bit, let alone putting a year or multiple years in between trying to piece these things together. Right. Um, so I know I keep coming back to this, but this is really, I think, the ideal situation to try to make sense of this. And I knew, remember Jigsaw died early. I forgot that he died so early. So the yeah. majority of this franchise, he's dead for. Mm-hmm. Still like on the cover of every poster, I think. Oh, well, yeah. And he's... we have to try to, f- and they had to try to do it. And, uh, yeah. Do you think the the Do you think the writer was like, "Yo, I'm out. I'm killing off the character. This is this is it. This is the end of Saw." I don't think in three because Daryl Lynn Bowsman comes back for four. I don't know. It's like it's. I almost think like every one of them. They were like, "This is it." Uh, I don't know. Mm. I'm sure these answers are out there. If we would, the truth is put out in the there. Effort. Um, but anyway, where I was going with that is like, do you think there's like folk artist, uh, other stuff that Jigsaw did like, or his templates that he did when he was like different designs? Like, did he paint like a demon version and then a cat version and like a Starman version of Billy and before he decided <laughs> on the swirls? Uh, you're asking me like if he like put Billy in different kiss makeup? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously not really that, but that was the joke that you just explained. <laughs> well, you're welcome. Um, the, no, my point is, is like, I love the idea of like, uh, so I'm, this is kind of getting stolen from. Is this uh, a really weird Hitler reference? No. How did your mind even go to that? Because Hitler was an artist. 
but he failed at being an artist, so he became a dictator. Whoa, it's got really <laughs> dark. No, that's not what I was referencing in the We're slightest. talking about a murderer, and then I reference a better murderer, and go, that gets it dark? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, knocking off a, another podcast, what say you? They had this big thing where they were talking about, um, like, Hit, uh, I just said Hitler, thank you. <laughs> jigsaw's downtime like him like going to the store and like picking out a pig mask and like he had to decide if he wanted a pig mask like he's debating like between a pig mask and a goat mask or a cow mask right mm-hmm. um and i love that not only in this movie but i love applying that to everything else like every other horror movie like the in-between times yeah. like jigsaw had to have taken a break from applying his makeup and things like that. Like he had to run into he, Jigsaw had to run and take a leak. They cut that out, mm-hmm. but he had to tell Amanda to hold on, not to shut the door yet. Cause he needed to take a leak before he gave himself that injection and laid on the ground. Yeah. Like there's all of those things. One, one of the things I was thinking about during this movie, because there were some boring parts is I wanted, I want to see a entire movie of Jigsaw picking his victims because we come into the scene, you know, there's a crazy contraption, and then a video plays, and Jigsaw knows fucking everything about all of his victims. Mm-hmm. But yet he's like a feeble old man with cancer. So I want to see, I want to see all the like detective work yes. <laughs> that he does. <laughs> but and, like, and the people that to, he opts not to take, yeah, like, like has to like, you know, he's. He's stalking them and taking pictures and everything, and then has to like drag his oxygen tank around and try not to get hurt and things like that. <laughs> so we're we're on the same page with that. We kind of want to see a little bit. I want those. Yeah. Anything. That the murder's is just, so boring. The, yeah. Let's skip over that and, <laughs> and let's concentrate on him hiding in a closet to abduct people. Like, I want to see right. that. Like, when he, he had to have given up. Like, I think there's a story about that, like a serial killer. One of the famous ones that was, like, saying that he was going to kill another woman, but she, like, spent the night at somebody else's house or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he, like, got tired of waiting in her closet and left for the day, but she would have been his an additional victim that he had. I want to see that. Like, yeah. I want to see an hour and a half of Jigsaw, like, muttering him to himself in the closet or, like, doing a Sudoku in the closet or something. <laughs> like, playing words with friends with Amanda while he's hanging out there. I just got really legitimately creeped out when you referenced the real world from this thing. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, that's a thing that people do. It's I forgot di- about that. The world sucks. Yeah, it's different, isn't it? Yeah. The uh, did you hear, So, there was just... Did you hear about the 12-year-old boy? <laughs> What there like there's like the, a, there's a twelve year old boy that they just found that like his mom had kept him locked in the bathroom between one and two years. That sucks. You made me laugh because you just said the twelve year old boy and that there's no context around that, and then that's something really horrible. And now people think that I was like laughing at something really horrible. So the answer is yes. You knew what I was referencing. And you exactly. Thought it was hilarious. Um, so those mess me up. Like as a father, yeah. Like, like child call did all that stuff. Yeah, which is the second time we referenced that on the pod, this podcast. I uh, I can't not obsess about those things. Like when I hear a story like that, yeah, it just stays with me, and I can't get it out of my head until I hear another horrible story, and then that's what I obsess about for a while. Yeah, and uh, so your life just sounds like to, a total fun <laughs> party all just the time like to an unhealthy degree, man. Like where I'm just 
can't like put myself in that position where like I'm so scared of screwing up my kids accidentally, let alone doing something to them on purpose. Yeah. It's really unhealthy. Have I talked about like my Rube Goldbergs on this? I don't specifically remember Rube Goldberg. All right. So completely unhealthy. Like I need, if there's anything in the world that I need to see a shrink about, it's what I'm going to talk about right now. Okay. Okay. This is like the fourth time you've told me you need to see a shrink and then told a story, but. Mm, This is the real one. Okay. Okay. So I'm very concerned about something happening to my kids to the point where I'm constantly concerned and coming up with ways that whatever they're doing is going to get them hurt to where like they'll be bouncing a ball and then I'm scared that they're going to be bouncing the ball. It's going to knock something off the TV, which is going to cause something else to fall which is going to cause something else to happen. And then the ceiling fan is going to fall from the ceiling and like chop them to bits. Right. Or something terrible like that. Yeah. Unhealthy degree. Like put my three-year-old down to bed and like he'll be crying. I'll be like, oh God, stop crying. Then he'll stop crying. And you're like, yeah. oh, he's dead now. Oh, He's shit. definitely dead. He Why? stopped breathing. Yes. That's exactly what goes on yep. in my head. Yep. Oh, oh, thank God he's crying again. Okay. Yeah. I really wish he'd stop crying. <laughs> and it, it never stops. Yeah. And... It's unhealthy. Yeah, I have the same thing. Not quite like Rube Goldberg in that degree, but like I'll I'll make a decision. And then the movie is like, okay, what if this decision is the thing that three three movie scenes from now causes the the really bad thing to happen? And so like these really innocuous moments in life, I then obsess over like, oh, what it well what if i had what if i decided to go to that party instead of flaking out maybe at that party someone's gonna like choke and i could have been there to save them or you know some crazy thing's gonna happen and i could have been there to stop it or or the opposite what if this crazy thing happens like what if everyone gets murdered and i decided not to go because i have weird social anxiety and now i'm alive because of that but i have to live with the guilt yeah. Just really dumb things. Exactly the same thing, except like Mine's all centered about me. Yours is about you and mine's yeah. about my, my kids, yeah. And then the weirdest like I've been dealing with that for seven years at this point. Yeah. But a new thing has started to happen as my seven year old is getting older and starting to become a person. And that is now I have a new degree of paranoia that like I'll read so somebody that'll be a 20 year old person gets drunk and kills somebody in the car. Mm-hmm. Right. Or much like in this movie. Yes. Or, and then there, or there was a, a story about like uh, just recently, like this 18 year old kid got busted for child pornography and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. And then my concern goes to now I'm scared that what I'm doing is going to impact my children making those decisions like it's not only that i'm concerned that they're going to get hurt but that now that they're going to screw up somebody else's life like yeah it's a never-ending degree of paranoia and fear for me yeah we're just uh we're pretty fucked up (laughs) but in similar ways so yeah Yeah. it's good it's good that we have this this place to vent where we talk about horror movies (laughs) sometimes speaking of that saw four yeah let's go see saw four